Oh, you can't hear. That's yeah. right. You don't have to if you don't want to. We're recording. Do you hear that? I can hear it. Oh. It's a roller out the barrel. Vintage baseball podcast. It's not just a normal day. It's a special day. Coming to you live from Rocky Point, Rhode Island. It's the Rocky Point Vintage Baseball Festival. We're here on Old Haas Field. We will be all day. Four matches for the Roller on the Barrel Vintage Baseball Podcast today. Uh, I got here, and the first person I saw was this guy. <laughs> Mike Feeney from the Canton Corn Chuckers, captain of the Canton Corn Chuckers. Mike, hi. Hi, how's it going? Well, you know, it's great. It's vintage baseball. That means you're there, I'm there. Uh, yeah, you're following us around again. Not together. Yeah. We're not it? together. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> How was your trip out here? Oh, it was great. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. Okay. Lots of filler. Uh, do you know the rule set for this game? We got the, the Westfield Wheelman. Yes, I believe it's 1884 here. Against it could be 86. I'm not certain. Against the Providence yeah. Grays, the host club. So, yes, we have the catcher's gear on the catcher. We're going to be doing a little overhand. I see the Canton Corn Shuckers. Uh, snaggled my boy Kyle into coming out here to the east, and he's going to get to experience some overhand baseball for the first time. I know he's geeked. Yes, yes. And uh, have you ever had a better backdrop to baseball, Mike? I don't maybe, know. Maybe Colorado? I, maybe Colorado, but I'm not sure. This is growing on me really quick. This is amazing. It really is. And there's the first pitch of the ball game. So we're going to be able to do a little something different in this. Uh, we're calling balls and strikes, and it looks like we got 2-0. and uh, So no bell needed for this play-by-play, and there's going to be a strike. Uh, we've got a right-handed uh, hurler. And there's a pound into the ground. It looks like it's going to be called fair. And he's going to be safe at first base. There was some question of whether that was fair or foul by the batter. But he did end up running it out as it was kind of hitting no man's land in front of the plate. That's going to bring up Brian Travers. We got. Uh, we have early in the match. I believe that was a hidden ball trick, an attempt at it. Yes, unsuccessful. And uh, foul straight back. Back into the parking lot, which is why I didn't park over there. Uh, that that pitch right there came with some steam on Mike. That it did. Uh, I saw you guys play this style in Old Beth Page last year. That one seemed to be quicker than what I was seeing last year. Yeah, I think it was. I wonder if the catcher's equipment's a little different. And then there's a there's a steal of second base by Dave. So we are. Uh, 
Brian Travers with a grounder to second base. Second baseman's up with it. A throw over to first base. It's going to have him. He's going to call himself safe. And he was lying as he's calling himself out. It's a close play. Did the umpires uh, call out at bases in this in this year? Honestly, I'm not sure. Well, Mike, you played this last year, damn it. Yeah, once. You're too young to remember. <laughs> to, to misremember. I've been dropped on my head a lot. Dave, uh, two strikes on the batter, uh, Mike Duggan. Uh, Dave did make his way over to third, so we got a runner on third, one out. And there's a swing and a miss, and that's going to be a strikeout. And he really did bring something on that pitch. He did. A lot of change of speeds uh, happening here. It is an older gentleman pitching, so... There's a ball inside. And this tent wants to fly away. Is that Jay Gilday? It is Jay Gilday up at the plate. Cleanup hitter today for the Grays. There's a throw over to third. No, no play. There's a pop up to second. Over to the first baseman. Second baseman's going to take it off a couple of hops and just flip over to first for the, the last out of the inning. Run does not score. Zero runs for Providence as they take the field, and the catcher puts on the catcher's equipment. Uh, Mike, what was the catcher's equipment like last year when you guys were doing this? I remember it wasn't too much. There wasn't much to it, um, especially the glove was really not that comfortable to wear. So it's like... Pitcher kind of had to take a little bit off just to protect the catcher's hands because the way you angled your wrist to catch the ball really wasn't anything pleasant. This does look like a different glove. It, I'm not sure. It may be. I remember last year we were switching equipment. We only had one set of equipment. But here both teams look like they have their own equipment. So that, that, the, that glove has a lot more padding uh, than what you guys were dealing with. I mean, that changes the game completely, too, as the pitcher can now bring it a little bit faster as long as the catcher can handle it. Right. And uh, the gentleman that pitched against you is here, but he is not pitching in this game. So probably, no scouting report. Right. Probably resting him for tomorrow. <laughs> uh, lineup for Westfield is going to be Silky, Mustang, Endelay, Gunner, short order, Kushner, big country, lefty, gas, dude, Jersey Joe, and the thrill. The uh, lineup for Providence that I didn't get to is Dave, Brian, Mike D, Jay, Banquet, Johnny, Tony, John, and Helen. Helen of Helen and the Trash Pandas. Are you going later to watch her? I was unaware this was happening, but I may be having to... Make that work. The Revival Brewery from 6 until 9. Okay. Our baseball will definitely be wrapped up by then. Yes. Helen and the Trash Pandas are taking the stage, and then uh, Johnny's band is also taking the stage. And there's the first pitch. It's high. It's high. 
There's a long fly ball, very foul down the third baseline, and it might roll down the hill, depending on the, the cut of the grass. But there is a slope that heads straight to the water. Uh, it would never get to the water, but that's where it heads. As you can see, some remnants of an old amusement park. And there's a ball high, two and one. Uh, still out in the in the field of play for fields two and three. There's a high fly ball down third base. Uh, slice. Uh, it's not a slice. What's the opposite of a slice in golf? I don't know. Slice I don't, goes I don't that way. Uh, you don't play golf? I don't play golf. Um, yeah, we'd know if you played golf because you get attached and that's all you do. <laughs> a shank? Maybe it's a shank. Anyway, sure. two and two. The wind is definitely strong here, and you can see on that foul ball that it was kind of moving the ball a bit up there. So outfielders might have some difficulty today. Yeah, on, on stuff hit high in the air, there's going to be a hassle. There's a ball high. Uh, full count from what I remember. I'm old. Oh, a long fly ball into right field. That, that burned the fielder. That's going to go. That's going to go for days. He's running. He's going to round second to take his third. They're going to get the ball into second as he's approaching third. That's going to be a triple for the leadoff hitter for Westfield, Silky. That's a great way to start the game. Do you guys play Westfield this weekend? Uh, we do not. Oh. I did, did, did just, part of me, I did just get some information on a tournament that they're hosting next. Of course you did. Next spring. And Let me see this. We might be having to make another trip. Well, why don't you tell everybody about this uh, when we have a chance? Absolutely. All I know is it's three minutes from Six Flags, so I'm in. <laughs> Ball high to a Mustang of Westfield. There's a grounder past the first baseman into right field. That's going to score a run. And Mustang is going to end up at first with a run scoring single. See all this dead air that's happening, Mike? You yeah. can fill it with that stuff if you want. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> As uh, that's going to bring up Andre Andale. I don't know if his name is Andre, but I swear we're social media friends that have never talked. But his last name is Andale. Cool last name. Lefty. Runner on first. There was a throw over to first. No play. There's a ball low. Like he took a little something off with a little curveball there. Come on now, buddy. Just a bit outside. <laughs> Just a bit outside. There's a grounder to the pitcher. He's going to knock it down. He's going to get up, throw to second. There is going to be a force at second. Out of way, out of way. Good adjustment. Most of you that are listening to this are used are used to the uh, the runner stopping right at first base. That not in in play here during these rules, which we think is 84. Could be 86. There's a steal attempt. Catcher is going to hold. 
Runner safe at second. Every time I scan the field and I get over to center field, you just see a picture of the bay. You're like, ah, oh, that's just gorgeous. It Dave, really is. It's hard to scan back. <laughs> Gunner's up for Westfield, the captain of Westfield. If you go back in the roller on the barrel, oh, this is like this. this. Another shot to right field. One hop to the right fielder. He's going to get in first and third now for Westfield. It's definitely an interesting layout for a field as well. Is it looks like the infield is all pretty flat, but right after second base, it kind of drops down into center field. A uh, little bit. That's going to be fun. A little bit like left field at Mackinac Island. I've never gotten the opportunity to play there yet. Yeah, the ball gets out there, and there's a high pop up to the catcher. Catcher's discarding the mask and makes the play right on the plate. And that's going to dispose of short order for the second out. Runner just almost took off for home with the pitcher turning his back to the plate there. Luckily, the third baseman for the Grays was able to pay attention to that and keep him close. Here's Kushner for Westfield. The curveball. High. There's a steal of second by Gunner. Second and third, two ounce for Westfield. There's a foul straight back. Uh, they do it, they do bring, I believe, temporary backstops. I know the two down there are very small. Uh, I don't know if this is temporary. I do know that uh, the Grays play most of their home games here. I was a bit curious if the backstop was here just for the overhand game or if it was something that was going to stick around for the There's games. A pound into the ground foul or even uh, the 60s games as well. Well, I would assume once it's up, it's up. It's probably a fair assumption. And, uh, of course, the rule of hitting it into fair territory and then it going foul, is uh, that rule is Kaputski by now. Yep. There's a strike. And there's a foul straight back to the parking lot. Car? Car. Yeah. Car. Two cars? I might clip two cars. Cars. Once in a while, you're going to get the the delight of Johnny's wife and her wonderful accent. Cars. I was at the Red Sox game uh, sitting next to a couple of women with this very high ball high thick Boston accent, and they were telling me how the Pawtucket Red Sox used to be the minor league club of the Red Sox. They knew they were baseball, by the way. Yeah. And uh, there's a ball low. And uh, Five and one the count. Five and one. 
Yeah, how's that work, Mike? Do you know that rule? I believe it's six balls. Equates to a walk. There's a pop-up to left field. Left fielder's coming in. Shortstop's going out. Between the hands of the shortstop, left fielder is going to collect and get get that in. The runner is going to score, making the score two to nothing in favor of Westfield. The runner was kind of forced to stay at second there. Uh, I'm a little bit confused as to why he didn't take off, as there are two outs in the inning. The first and third would be a great opportunity for that gentleman on first to take second. So Kushner gets his first. That is going to bring a big country. Yep. I see why. Yeah. Uh, so these, they're saying how Pawtucket Red Sox, they moved the, the minor league team to as a pitcher drops the ball. Uh, moved the team to Worcester. And they're like, yeah, they moved to Worcester. Ball high. Who goes to Worcester? Nobody goes to Worcester. It's that in Worcester. Yeah, one of the women, one of the women we're sitting to loved her baseball. There's a strike down the middle there. Uh, the other one, not so much. Just loves the experience. Uh, but she loved talking about baseball. We had a great time at Fenway Park. Ball low. Sneak through, but the catcher was able to get that quick enough to hold the runner at second. The history of Fenway was unbelievable. Being being there was incredible. Gorgeous ballpark. The uh, the tour we took the next day was great because there wasn't anybody there. So that was there's a off the back. I believe that hit off his back to the catcher. They're going to throw down the third to stop anybody from thinking of advancing. I think the no runner hit by pitch. I don't think so. I'm not really sure what, how that's played. As it looked like the guy from second was going to third as he. Might have thought it was a pass ball, but then he kind of returned. And it might not have hit off his back. Uh, I believe it did. It did look like it skimmed it. So once again, we're working on a six-ball system. That one was a bit high. Uh, yeah, got to sit on top of the... Green Monster in the Green Monster seats, which I would never be able to do during a game due to the price yes. yeah. of those seats. There's a swing and a miss. And then there's a quick pitch for a strike. That was high, just a bit high. There's a grounder to third. Third baseman was moving over to third because of the steal attempt by the runner and was in perfect position to grab the bouncer and record the last out of the inning. And that's going to make sure that Westfield stays at two after one inning. It's Westfield two, Providence zero. Definitely a great start to the game. Uh, interesting to see. At pretty much every hit that happened went to the opposite field of the batter. Even a few balls out to the left were from left-handed batters. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's just something where the players in this game are a little behind on it, maybe used to some 64 or 67 pitching and struggling to keep up with the overhand or see how that Maybe it's a strategy the of they don't that they aren't. I mean, you don't, you don't know what the strategies were back in the 1880s. Maybe they're just 
going with it. It could be. If only I was a fly on a microphone back then. That's going to bring a banquet to lead off here for the Grays in the second inning. Overhand baseball, it's going to get by the catcher. Uh, we're going to have Mike tell us between pitches here about this. There is a solid line drive headed to left field, snagged by the shortstop. No gloves. No gloves, and the ball isn't that soft at all. Not right now. Not right now. Probably never, because they're using one of yours. I definitely had a stand. <laughs> he's a man. He's not even. No, he's not even going to rub it. Yeah, the information I got here is on the uh, Spring Festival hosted by the Westfield Wheelmen on June 8th and 9th. Swing and a miss. Coming up here in 2024. Looks like they're trying to do a 12-team event. They have three fields. Trying to get teams from all over the country. Suffield, Connecticut, huh? Yep. I said right on the border of Connecticut and Massachusetts. And a big selling point here on the back of this flyer is all the things that you can do right around the field, including a Six Flags is three minutes away, the Basketball Hall of Fame, got a Dr. Seuss and Springfield Museum. A casino. Yeah, MGM Casino. I know An ice cream parlor. Lots of other things to do. Lots of hotels and restaurants right there in the area within 15, 20 So is this a festival? Or? Is this a tournament? Um, probably a festival, right? Yeah, I would probably guess a festival, but... You know, especially in comparison to the Midwest ball that we're used to, the festivals out here are a little bit different. They're a little bit more competitive, in my opinion, than any of the festivals that go out on the Midwest. So, uh, Johnny just struck out and threw his bat. So that's standard. Those two things usually go together, I believe. Yeah. It's going to bring up Tony as this, uh, this inning is going by quick. They might want to get something going. So as Mike was saying, that is a festival. They're looking for 12 teams, and that is going to be June 8th and 9th next year. So if you're interested in your club traveling uh, to a, a great event, I definitely recommend the East Coast. Holy cow. Uh, get a hold of Gunner from the Westfield Wheelman. There's a grounder to the shortstop. He's going to come up. Here comes the long throw to first, held by the first baseman, but he's not going to have his foot on the bag. Yep, beautiful play by the shortstop there. I think the first baseman probably could have stretched and made that made that play, but for some reason he was a foot in front of the bag, and once he caught the ball, he couldn't step back and find it. Mike, when you become of a certain age, stretching uh, is not something you look forward to. So, sure, there's a foul ball down the third baseline. Sure, 20 years ago he could have stretched <laughs> and made that play. Now, we, you don't even think about stretching at this point. You're just like, I hope I'm close to the bag so I can hit, hit it. I think he could have been on the bag. I don't even know if a stretch was required there. He's just kind of stepping in front of the bag. to. That was Tony, by the way, of Providence that got that single. And uh, that's going to bring up John Henson. And there's definitely a cigar somewhere being smoked. Oh, yeah, I smell it. There's another strike for Mr. Henson, so that's two strikes. Oh, over. Uh, pickoff attempt at first, that's going to get away. And the runner is going to take 
his second and go to third. The throw's coming into third, but it's not going to be in time. Cut off by the pitcher. Tony Tony's going to take his third. Uh, there's one thing, no matter what year you play, no matter what state you're in, vintage baseball equals throwing the ball around, giving up bases. Am I right? Uh, I would say for the most part, yes. <laughs> Honestly, and there was one thing that I didn't see anything of, really, last weekend in the World Tournament Championship. Well, I wasn't there. Should have been. Great game. Oh, batter got hit? Doesn't matter. Pretty hard, too. That's, that's one thing that's... I've noticed already that's different about this game is versus our game that we played overhand last year is there's already been two hit batters and probably three or four close pitches to a batter being hit. I don't think we had anything even close by that. It's a foul tick straight back. Uh, World tournament match, so the usual Flat Rock and Canton. Boy, you guys must be tired of playing each other. Uh, not in a competitive way because they're, uh, hey, you got to play against the competition. I'll there's a pop-up to the shortstop, and that's going to record the last out. That's strand the run around third there. Providence is going to put up a zero, and the score is going to stay two to nothing. But you and you and Flat Rock, there's no secrets there. You guys know everything there is to know about each other. I don't even know how you – do you train – do you have a strategy against Flat Rock? Uh, I don't think it's really anything different. I think it's just as we've played them over and over, and we kind of get the – learn the tendencies of the hitters you're playing against and it definitely makes the game a little bit more challenging because they do the same thing where you kind of have an idea of where everybody's hitting the ball or where they can hit the ball and where they're trying to hit the ball and you adjust accordingly obviously back then there were no restrictions on the shift so depending on the batter of you know it can make it really difficult on the hitters i mean i think our championship game was 13 to 9 which when you put flat rock and canton out there that's kind of a low scoring game yeah, I think it was 14 to 9. Uh, uh, actually, when we beat them in 2018, it was 14 to 9. This year was 13 to 9. Why are you bringing that up, Mike? It sounds like sour grapes. Uh, so Flat Rock finally gets it done at the World's Tournament. They, they broke out the baby food uniforms, and they went all the way with the championship. So, Had to be the uniforms, right? Well, if you say there wasn't a lot of errors in throwing the ball around, I would yeah, have, to, I have to say it was the uniforms. Yeah. And there's the first pitch of the inning for Westfield's lefty. Who's batting lefty? Uh, you know, sometimes those are, sometimes you call a big guy tiny. Sometimes. You know. I've never seen a. Have you ever seen a righty called lefty? I've not seen a right-handed lefty. I mean, we had a right-handed hook. There's a grounder shortstop. Shortstop's up with it. Clean throw over to first base. A little bit low. Brian cannot come up with the play. And, uh. It's going to be a single. We're lefty at first. It's going to bring up Gas. Uh, is Gas the pitcher? I do not believe so, no. So lefty on first. Yeah, that would be. So the first person. That's like a lefty that calls themselves righty. That would throw off the competition, wouldn't it? That's I, a little I think it would. I think it would. Somebody I, should do I, that. We did have a hook that was right-handed, but he was named after uh, his passion for fishing, I believe it was. Oh, so I would have went with uh, Peter Pan. Oh, maybe that could Pitch be it low. as well. It could be as well. Uh, oh, so you don't even know. But yeah, 
Fishing, sure. Swing and a miss. Short lead at first base. There's another swing and a miss. Quick pitch. There's a quick pitch right in the back. That's an interesting take. You get two strikes on the guy and then you just blast the ball at him. Yeah, what a strategy. <laughs> quick, quick pitch him so he doesn't see it coming. Quick pitch right in the back. Some would think low and away. No. <laughs> oh, high and in. High, high and way in. And we got meal ticket on the mound, so I'm sure he'll be looking to take that move up. No who? No who. Pop up down the third baseline, back behind the bench of Westfield. That's going to fall in for a meaningless, pointless foul ball. What's who doing? Who doesn't miss a lot of trips? He's here. Oh, he's, he's just, just not, not pitching. pitching. He's not pitching this weekend. He didn't like it, or somebody else wanted to do it? I think he's nursing a little bit of a shoulder injury that's been going on all year. So. Oh. So he's playing infield. It's a great question. I have no idea. Huh? He's in charge of the defense. I don't even know where I'm playing. Probably on the bench. Here's a low pitch. Uh, it's going to be a steal. He stole on the right pitch as it was a bouncer up to the catcher. It's a good, good block by the catcher there, though. Could have quickly turned into an extra base for the runner on. And there's an outside. Looks like five and two. You never, you don't hear that very yeah, often. That's, that's five full, and two. Full count right there. Runners getting a little bigger lead. And that's, okay, that was outside, so we might have had the count wrong. Was it four and two? Now it's five and two. Yep, that's what it was. Okay, so ball six. Runner takes his base. That brings up dude, but the dude abides. This does not look like a dude, but it could be. He's got his glove in his back pocket. I don't know if you can say that. That might be politically incorrect. He does not look like a dude. I mean, he does look like a dude. Yeah, he does. He just wouldn't have picked dude out as his name. I yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, Expected like a backwards hat and sunglasses. Well, the next person up is Jersey Joe, and I see who that is, so he kind of looks like he'd be a Jersey Joe. And then there's one called The Thrill, and I'm pretty sure that guy would not be The Thrill. You'd have to talk to his wife. Maybe he's the one who put six flags on the back of their flyer. Six flags. Uh A ball high. So, Mike, you've been to Fenway Park. What were the circumstances that took you to Boston? Um, I'd rather not get into it. Wow. It's a trial. Uh, oh, I <laughs> drive into left center field. That's going to get to the left fielder. It, the runner is going to take his round around third. The ball is going to come in. It's going to be too late. And that single, it's going to score a run. That was another opposite field hit. to think that we might need to switch some positions around if every ball hits going to the opposite field. Yeah, we can hear we can hear the gear the gears churning in your head as you're putting together a game plan at the same time of commentating on the game. Especially since we're seeing the Grays tomorrow and they're playing this overhand game right now. Gives us a little extra chance to get some scouting reports. 
Well, I would have saved this guy to pitch against you guys because the the gentleman that pitched against you is currently sitting on the bench. Uh, you've seen him. It yeah. didn't, didn't yeah. go well. I mean, it did for us. Well, they made mistakes early, ball high. Yeah, we did. They made mistakes early. You, did, you got it to them early, and then the rest of the game was about even. Yeah. Jersey Joe, left-handed batter. Another ball, high and outside. And there's a long foul ball. That could have a car. Oh, definitely hit a parking spot. Luckily, nobody was parked in it. That went right by my car. All right. Might be time to move. No, I'm back. So it's going to take a very coincidental. I got rental. I got renter's insurance. Not through the rental place. No, Don't do not that. Even, not even I your got, car. I got That's renter fine. insurance through my personal insurance. That's how you do that. Here's a ball. <laughs> There's a grounder to the pitcher. Pitcher's going to throw over to third for a force. Ah, got through the hands of the third baseman, and that's going to cause a run to score. There's going to be an attempt of uh, everyone's going to move up, basically. Yep. Now I guess my question here, and I don't remember, and I'm not sure if you would, is the last out still in effect, or has they transitioned to what we know now as a modern lineup already? No. No as in you don't know. No, as in according to my scoring, this would be the thrill. Uh, my scoring would have been off by now. Okay. So, so so we are closer to a modern lineup. I would assume. Which is an interesting take that the pitcher went to third base there instead of first. Because this would be the thrill, the last batter in the lineup, and that already would have been screwed up. So I'm not even keeping score like those rules. You'd think we'd know more? Eh. Long fly ball to center field. Deep center fielder's going to have to back up. Uh, camps underneath it, collects it with his hands. Here comes the throw home as there's a tag, and they're going to. Oh. oh. He, he touches the bag to complete the run. If the catcher would have came up with the throw, that would have been a double play. And that makes me wonder, too, about these catcher's gloves. I feel like that might have been easier to handle if you were barehanded than with this glove, the way you kind of had to scoop that. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I noticed here as well is the catcher is also wearing a thin leather glove on his right hand, which is his throwing hand, in addition to the padded glove on his left catching hand. So is he catching it maybe two hands? Probably. We're going back up to the top of the lineup for Westfield to Silky, who, remember, led off the game with a long triple, a well-struck ball. So it does look in left field, if you hit it over the left fielder's head, that ball's going to roll, ball high. In center field, it just looks like you're playing on a slope. And in right field, the slope actually goes to the right fielder. Right. Uh, a little so more of a in, gradual slope down to right, I think. I think left kind of looks like it drops off. Not quite as much as Muffin Meadow at the Ohio Cup. but. Now, Mackinac Island, lines. when we played there, left field had a – a big drop off. So if it got past the left fielder 
any way, shape, or form. Grounder past the shortstop in the left field. It's going to be a base hit. It's going to score a run. Jersey Joe scores the run on the base hit by Silky. Four runs in the inning, making it six to nothing uh, in favor of Westfield. And that's going to bring up Mustang here. I am correct in my lineup, so just so you know, I can confirm. That it goes back to one of those things where you wonder if the pitcher had gone to first with that one ball, they wouldn't probably would have got a few less runs out of this inning. For the well, but it could have should have. But the slope at Mackin Island, once it gets past the left fielder, it just rolls. So what what could have been a single, perhaps a double, turns into a home run or a triple. Or a double for me. High ball. There's going to be a steal attempt. Throw's going to be a little offline. He would have beat it anyway. Stolen base for Silky. Yeah, those fields that just kind of drop off, we call those the Limp Biscuit fields. They just keep rolling, 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 rolling. Wow. Ball high. Limp <laughs> Biscuit. That dude's weird. There's a curveball. Oh, those batters way out in front. That's not a pretty swing and a quick pitch. And he swung at it, and it gets by, and he's going to run to first. The catcher's going to throw over there, not in time. Uh, Silky's going to think about going home. He's got to get back to third as Brian runs the ball to the pitcher's area as opposed to throwing the ball around, causing chaos. That was There was a lot going on on that play there. We had a strike two on the batter with a not-so-pretty swing. Pitcher quick pitched him. Got him to swing again on a strike three, and it was a drop third strike that went to the backstop. And then the runner was able to secure his first on a throw from the catcher that did not make it to the first baseman on the back. And the runner from second was able to take third on the play and almost advanced home. And that's going to bring up Mr. Andale. Runner on third, runner on first. It's a swing and a miss, a mighty, mighty swing. There's a steal of second. Mustang steal second. Taking the force out of play. One out in the inning. Four runs across for Westfield. Inside pitch. Is this your first exposure to Westfield? Um, somewhat. I've, I've caught a couple innings of their games out at Gettysburg, but I've never seen them in the overhand the overhand game. A uh, couple of off speed pitches in a row there. There's a grounder to Helen at second is going to get past her into right field. One's going to score. Uh, the ball's going to get past the pitcher. Mr. Andale is going to take a second because of that. It was a great throw home, but not hitting the cutoff there. Allowed the runner to secure a second rather easily. But from what I've noticed, it seems like almost every time there's a first and third, that runner on first is able to safely secure a second. Which is a little surprising as the pitches are getting to the catcher a lot quicker, giving him a little bit more time to get the throw off to second. I guess it depends on who your catcher is, 
what your strengths of the catcher are. Absolutely. So maybe your catcher is more of a, a defensive handling the pitcher well, but doesn't necessarily have that kind of arm that you can count on that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, with this 80s game, it's definitely a lot different from the 60s game and who you would place in which positions. That brings up Gunner. Uh, fly ball to center field. Plenty of time for the center fielder to surround it and collect it with two hands like a man would. Like, like a man. Listen, you surround that ball and you collect it with two hands like a man. That's what he did. Two ounces in the inning. That brings up short order. His name given to him because he's a short order cook. It's a good nickname. What does it mean? What does what mean? Life? I know. Look, I know what a short order cook is. We can talk about life later. I know what a short order cook is. But why is it called short order? Like, are the order short? I would guess. Because they're all short. And like a diner situation, aren't all diner cooks short order cooks? There's a high ball swing. The old axe. Swinging the axe. We do have a breeze going from first to third. Heading out to the bay. The bay where Babe Ruth jumped into the water. Have you been told that story 17 times, Mike? I have not. I have not. Grounder to short. Shortstop was playing in. Mike throws over to first base. Brian secures. That will record the third out of the inning. However, Westfield did put five across, making this game after two innings seven to nothing in favor of Westfield. So apparently there's a plaque down there, and uh, because they they used to play baseball down there. So okay. when yeah, Providence that's, that's was a about, minor league team. That's about where the Pokey Stop is located, and it says that there's baseball. And uh, so Babe Ruth hit it into the water. Very cool. And there's a plaque there. So I'm going to go look at it later. Yeah, I'll have to. And then apparently they used to jump in the water at certain times after games or whatever. And then somebody here did that, and it was his considered historically accurate. Okay. Interesting. So mm-hmm. are you telling me that I need to jump in the water? I don't know if you can just randomly jump, as Helen's going to lead off for the Grays. Uh, randomly jump in the water. Uh, and we're going to see Helen and her band, Helen and the Trash Bandits, tonight at Revival Brewery. So pretty excited about that, as I don't know if Helen knows, but I play one of her songs quite often on my podcast. Mike, I assume you have to catch up on a lot of episodes. So you drove on here. Did you listen to any? Did you catch up on any? Swing and a miss. Zero. Oh, thanks. I'll get to them. You will. That's what the off season's for. But your off season isn't until November. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. However, as far as the baseball off season, we're we're kind of coming to a close here. We only got three more events. This one included. I'm so glad you're- uh, are you in the State Cup? Michigan we are, we State are Cup. in the State Cup. That's our final event of There's the season. There's a pop-up to the second baseman who's going to take it off of the fingertips. A throw from the shortstop to first base is going to get her. Impressive play by the shortstop there and good awareness to be in the right spot for that drop ball. 
Yeah, second baseman coming in right off the fingertips to the shortstop. Who, yeah, definitely making his way all the way over from his position. I would have just stood there and watched. That's why you don't play shortstop. That's why I don't play. Here comes Dave, leadoff hitter for the Providence Grays. Uh, Gunner, the catcher for Westfield, does not have the throwing hand glove. That is um, correct. Yeah. You can hear the popping of the glove, though, as the the pitcher for Westfield is definitely throwing it. Uh, grounder past second base in the right field for a base hit for the leadoff hitter. Or, I mean, he's the leadoff hitter in the lineup, but he's not the leadoff hitter of the inning. Correct. Sorry to confuse you. One thing I did notice, although this field is pretty flat, the grass does look a little patchy, and it looks like we're getting some interesting hops going through these uh, ground balls through the infield. The grass definitely looks better the farther away you look from here. Yeah. There's a steal attempt. He did not look like he uh, really had his heart into it. He still made it. <laughs> Throw was a little offline as well, just a step over from the bag. There's a steal attempt of third, and the ball gets by the catcher. He's going to think about a very copper round of third, very copperish rounding of third, I should have said, in his youth. Runner on third, one out. And Mr. Travers with the base hit into right field, that's gonna score a run. He will stay as first. It's a perfect hit there. Just a nice little line shot right over the second baseman between second and first. Get the Grays on the board here. Yeah, first uh, first run across for the Grays. It's going to bring up Mike Diggin. And there's still a lot of baseball left here as you are only in the top of third. And there's a throw under the feet. Nimble feet. And they do not like Mike Duggan as they hit him again. I believe on pitches like that, I'm not sure if they would consider the ball dead there, but I did realize that that ball hit the batter and got quite a bit away from the catcher, and the runner did not advance. And there's a third time he's hit this batter. Obviously, uh, Mike Duggan uh, formerly dated the daughter of the pitcher and left her in a bad way. I can see why this at-bat is happening. <laughs> Just a guess. There's a ball low, so that's 4-0 on the count. And he swings on a 4-0 count and burns the left fielder. No, off the hands of the left fielder. Does not burn him. But uh, the ball's the throw is going to come into third. Mr. Travers takes his third. Mr. Duggan takes the second. Swinging on a 4-0 count. Great hit. Did not, did not see anything close to a strike in that at bat until that pitch. That's a good blast out the left field. There's another, another one to left fielder, but I believe he's going to collect and get the ball in. But that is going to score a run on the on the tag up by Mr. Travers. Uh, so Jay Gilday brings, uh, brings in the second run. Yeah, the runner did stay put on second there. going to bring a banquet with a runner on second, two outs. See a lot of these Providence jerseys or uniforms with some 
exposure foul ball straight back uh, ripped shoulders ripped armpits ripped knees season club right there accurate they will not be fixing those uniforms until uh, they fall off their body I would assume but you kind of your uniform kind of grows on you like depending on how you really want a new one <laughs> there's a, a pass ball by the catcher that's going to take uh, Mike Dugan over to third behind the batter and that's going to it, it clipped the batter and the umpire quickly called dead ball so it is a dead ball in fact when they do hit the batter with the pitch it's really interesting it seems to be no punishment for hitting the batter from the pitcher's eyes so when your daughter goes out with somebody and they get the gentleman makes them cry. Uh, you can hit them as much as possible. That is true. Not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying you could. I would say that the rule, and there's a fly ball to center field. Center fielder has to come in full steam, not able to get to it. That's going to score a run. And Banquet's going to have a run scoring single. Making the score seven to three, top of the third, bringing up Johnny of the bat throwing Johnnies. And he is hit in the back. I would assume the rule for getting hit with a pitch and you get a free base came out of the fact that you could hit a batter as much as you wanted to, and there was some sort of throw over first save. There was some sort of issue between a batter and a pitcher, and the pitcher just kept nailing him. Well, there's also could be some strategy involved here. If the pitcher knows the runner's stealing, he it's could a just steal hit. of second. If the runner's stealing second, the pitcher could just hit the batter, and then the runner would have to return the base that he's coming from. So if the pitcher's already started his motion and the runner's got a good jump, you could just hit the batter to send him back, send the runner back. Yes. And there's another hit batter. I don't know about you, but I would not want to play the Westfield Wheelman. A lot of hit batters. They hit a lot of people. And he throws it hard. Now, that was not the hardest we've seen him throw. But he does throw some, some heat. There's a... Oh, that is a line drive down the third baseline. The third baseman's going to put up his hand, which he did have a glove on. Uh... And he's going to stop it from going into left field. It's going to go uh, to the left of third base, though, however. And the runner is going to take his first on that single, not an error. And that glove over at third just looks like a pretty much just a single leather glove on his left hand. Definitely did put up one paw, bounced off of it. I don't think it helped. I don't think so either. <laughs> looks like a piece of paper. Yeah, brown in my, in my opinion, I feel like it would be more restricting. There's a steal of second. To put any glove on. It may have cushioned the blow a little bit, but I think it might have made it more difficult to make a play on. I don't think he was going to make that play. That ball was smoked. It was a hard hit ball to third. Tony's up for the Grays, the catcher. 
There's a fly ball in the center field. Center fielder comes in, does collect for the last out of the inning. Providence does put up three, making it seven to three after two and a half. Making a bit of a comeback here. As we're on Old Haas Field here at Rocky Point. What other, what other clubs are you going to see on this field today? I'm going to see Canton. I'm going to see Connecticut. I'm going to see the Elizabeth Resolutes. And then I'm going live for the Mutuals and Grays match, the fourth match. Good clubs out here this weekend. Some I haven't been exposed to. I believe the Resolutes were at Old Bethpage last year. It's possible. I know, but they, I did I know not they've see attended that. Gettysburg before, I'm pretty sure. But I, I don't know anything at all about that club. I know that that's the club that Paul Salomon uh, was in charge of creating. And, of course, he somewhat recently passed as the club lives on. Uh, I, I also know they're having an event next year that you're going to get some information on. Looking forward to it. Uh, but I am familiar with the Grays and the Mutuals. Those are both a couple of base, great baseball clubs that have been around historic baseball scene for a long time. So, looking forward to the Resolutes. Here we go. Leading off for Westfield is Kushner. There's a pop-up to the pitcher. Pitcher's going to collect with two hands. Not to be confused with two outs. It never should be because they didn't use hands. That's correct. Outdated term. Way outdated. Even in the 1860s. So stop saying it, everybody. There's two. That's one out. And there's a curveball, but right into his wheelhouse. Big country down the third baseline. Left fielder's actually going to knock it down so it doesn't get by him. Turns around. Throws to second to keep big country to a single. But that curveball right into the wheelhouse. It's going to bring up lefty uh, for Westfield. We're going to check out Big Country's base stealing uh, technique. And his technique is one step off the base. I don't even think he's <laughs> a full step off the base. Oh, no. It's, it's extending. It's two steps off the base. I don't so know if swing and a miss. If you're playing a gentleman's lead two steps off the base, I think that uh, those two steps are closer to one of them, one of our steps. Oh, yeah, yeah. We take bigger steps than that. There's a grounder right to the second baseman who's going to flip to short for a force, a throw to first for a double play. Umpire calls him safe. Umpire calls him safe. That was a really close play. I know they didn't in the 1860s, but in the 1880s, did they have instant replay? Instant replay is is us, Mike, and he was out. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna give the single. I think I would agree with you on that call, but then again, here you are with one umpire still, and the umpire is located behind home plate. It's not the not the best view of first base. Oh, absolutely not. I know he's out there doing the best he can. As I like to say about the podcast, we are very unofficial and right. <laughs> so the lefty. Lives to see another day on the bases. That brings up gas with two outs. And it's a big inning for Providence as they really need to shut them down. And 
with no runs to uh, give themselves a better chance. There's a fake pickoff to first and then a quick pitch to home. There's another fake to first and a foul swing. I don't know how worried I would be about a steal, but they know each other better than we do. So this is about a three, a four. He is taking a big league, and there goes a steal, and there's a foul ball back into the parking lot. Bounce and car. Oh. At least he got the pavement first. Thought that was my car for a second. Luckily, I've been blessed with the food truck parking right in front of me. Oh, the food truck's here. Yes. Uh, the juice junkie here. Yeah, the parking lot is not that close. But when you're playing overhand baseball, the foul balls a, will go anywhere. Yeah, I'd so. say it's about a good 100 feet. But there's no reason for 1860s games to be having foul balls into the parking lot. I would agree with that statement. You don't often, Mike, so I feel pretty proud of myself right now. Gas is still up for Westfield. Run around first, who lefty did attempt to steal. And there's a hot shot to the third baseman. John Henson's going to knock it down, throw over to first. It's a long throw. Brian knocks it down, but is not going to be able to stay on first base to do that. That's going to make it first and second for dude. The dude. Do you think dude maybe... Didn't they use the term dude for, like, uh, ranchers back in the old days? A dude ranch? Maybe. I mean, Maybe. it could be that, right? He could have, like, a horse farm, right? I suppose. Or a ranch. It's not a farm. That's how much I am, country. Ball high. Follow straight back. That's going to go... One hop and through the parking lot. Looks That's like going to go for a while. That ball uh, might be going for a swim, depending on how steep that hill is. The seafood around here must be amazing. There's a low pitch. Catcher comes out, whisks the mask away to get to it properly. Back to the pitcher. No advancement on that play. I see fishing boats. Uh, I want seafood. I went to Quincy Market. Okay. Did you go to Quincy Market? I have not been to Quincy Market, no. Did you do anything in Boston besides go to Fenway in a court trial, apparently? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so we went looking for, well, I went looking for a lobster roll. Okay. Uh, it's much like I went looking for cheesesteaks in Philadelphia. And... Uh, Low pitch past the catcher. It's going to advance everybody. Catcher can't find the ball. I think it rolled back about two steps from this uh, little makeshift back to the top here. So we found this food court area. They had a lobster roll. I got it. It was good. It was very good. Not great, but it was very good. Uh, and then we came back later, and there was a bar in the same food court at Quincy Market. And they had a lobster roll. 35 bucks on their menu and I'm like mm, do I want to spend 35 bucks on a lobster roll 
I assume I'm going to get a lobster roll that tastes like 35 bucks. So, yes, I'm right. going to buy it. There's a foul ball. Uh, worst lobster roll in the history of the world. Wow. It was on it was, it was not roll. on a roll. It was on a, a toast, piece of toast, an actual piece of toast. It's a lobster And toast. it looked more like a lobster spread, and it was pink. And it was not good. There was no lobster flavor there like you'd want. And I spent 35 bucks on it. Sorry to hear that. Oh, I spent 20 bucks on one that tasted two times better. Ah. I don't remember the name of the place, and there's a pitch inside. And I don't want to give bad reviews, but damn. I feel like you got ripped off. I did. They shouldn't be allowed to serve that. There's a grounder to the pitcher. He comes up with it. He's going to underhand over to first base, and that's going to be the end of this inning. So Providence does it. They keep uh, do a little whitewash on Westfield, keeping the score at 7-3, to three, going to the top of the fourth. Considering they put up three last inning, they're in a pretty good spot here to get right back in this baseball game. We, uh, we also took a tour of Harvard. So we were in the Harvard area, and we went to... Is that where you went to school? Oh, no. I'm not a smart man, Mike. Okay. No. <laughs> but we did go to Mark Zuckerberg's favorite pizza place. Okay. While we were there, you know, they pumped stuff I up. I wouldn't no trust that. Deal. I wouldn't trust that. I did. I trusted it. I went there. It was called Pinocchio's. And a lot of celebrities have been there, actually, because they had photos on the walls and everything. Okay. Yeah. Very small. Very small. Okay. And uh, amazing. Amazing. Really? We got uh, a large pizza and finished it, and it was amazing. Apparently, Mark Zuckerberg likes their pizza so much that he uh, he has it flown in. He has it shipped from that little place to, to him. Interesting. That's very interesting. And uh, and I don't doubt it because pizza, I I know a thing or two about I'm no expert. Yeah. But damn, that was good pizza. Here, you know what? In Michigan, we destroyed pizza in Michigan because we try to put as much on it as John Henson leads off for the Grays. We just think the best way around a pizza in Michigan is to get as many items on top of it as possible. See, and that's, that's not my style, though. I'm too picky of an eater. I'm a pepperoni guy. Yeah. However, we had Hungry Howie's new bee sting pizza. Best thing out there. Bee sting? Bee sting. Jalapeno, pepperoni, and hot honey. No kidding. It's worth a look. All right. I'm going to. Uh, there's a follow straight back by John Edson. I am going to take just a look. Just missed the car. Don't knock it till you try it, no, and it's, I'm it's not really going to knock it because I'm going to try it. That's really good. And if you're not too much into the jalapenos, just get light jalapenos. Gorgeous. Beautiful You ever pizza. have, uh, so you like jalapenos. You ever have the. Uh, I'm not a big jalapeno guy, but I'm, the combo is just great. I make I make a jalapeno cornbread, which then I turn into a jalapeno stuffing. Uh, and I make a jalapeno cornbread stuffing for Thanksgiving. And I use candied jalapenos. Ooh, okay. And the candied jalapenos are delightful. If it, I, I prefer a fresh jalapeno if I'm having anything with jalapeno in it. As Helen's up for the Grays. 
I think there was just a called third strike there. That's going to be the second out. Uh, I did not see what John did, so I apologize, but he was out. He's going to bring up top of the order back up, and it's Dave. But the candied jalapenos I do use in some certain recipes, and they are delightful. But So when I hear of a, a pizza with honey, hot honey, and jalapenos, and what else? It's hot. It was pepperoni. Pepperoni. Yep. Jalapenos. I prefer the light light jalapenos. It can be a little overpowering, but with the hot honey, it's it's great pizza. And there's a strike. As Jersey Joe. Or I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong lineup. Top of the order for the Grays. Back another, to Dave. Another swing and a miss there. Dave's two for two. Uh, there's a fly ball to the left field, pretty deep. Left fielder was able to make the grab. Not what Providence needed to do if they shut down Westfield. Right, that's a big inning that you want to capitalize on and get back at least chip away at that four-run lead that the Wheelmen have. Uh, Westfield did have Big Country come in and pitch that inning. He did, and he made short work of Providence. Yeah, and he hit no batters. Good for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so that pizza from Pinocchio's was just pepperoni, cheese, and sausage? Okay. That's a good combo. I'll take that. Or it might have just been pepperoni. I don't remember. Uh, the best pizza I think I've ever had. Wow. And I am a guy who likes to load up items, and I shouldn't do that anymore. And where was this located? How far is it from the field here? Oh, it's nowhere near here. Oh, but it's in, it's uh, right off the Harvard campus. Uh, so that was great. I had a the best meal I had of the weekend was from a place called Tat T A T T E I think. Okay. What was the name of that place where the lamb hash came from? Was it T A T T E? Um, yeah. So hold on. Tate Latte. Tate Latte. Okay. I had a lamb hash. It's the best food I ever had. It's obviously, obviously, as there's a ball low, as Jersey Joe is up leading off for Westfield, obviously a place that is directed towards students, uh, more of a, I mean, no one was over 25 except me. There's a grounder into right field. Yeah, right between first and second. They're going to throw to first to try to get him. Oh, and I think he did. There's a tumble. Usually when you tumble after you pass first base, it's because you know you just got thrown out. Or you just tore every hamstring in your body. That'd only be two. Okay, there's no limp. He's up. He is, in fact, out. That was a big play And he's running back to the dugout. There's no dugout to the bench. Great hit to right field and uh, right fielder out there, who I believe is Kai right now, and he just whipped it into first with a nice one-handed snag over there by Brian Travers. So I, as a pitcher... It is. <laughs> He's got an arm. Do you know how many overhand matches that the Grays are playing this weekend? I don't know any of that kind of stuff. Okay, I, I did. I did notice that most teams at this event are playing two games per day, but the Grays are lined up for three each day. So maybe keeping him off the mound in this one is just trying to keep him fresh a little bit, depending sure. on how many guys they. Well, they have. probably have three pitchers. I wouldn't be surprised. It is a regular rule set for them, aren't they? As they it's are based br- on the eighty-four team. 
It's going to bring up the thrill. I did see a schedule with all the year sets on it, but that is not what I have been seeing lately. There's a curveball. Oh, nice curveball. Swing and a miss. So when you made a trip to Boston and saw Fenway Park, you didn't see any history. You saw nothing. Yeah, I didn't really see much aside from Fenway Park. Okay. Which is a lot of history. That is very true. That's a place that I would love to get out to and play some baseball at some point. It's somewhere out in Boston. I think there's been made reference, maybe you can correct me on this, to an island, George's Island. There's a curveball taken into right field. Kai's going to take it on a couple hops and get it in, holding the the thrill to a single. But George's Island, does that sound familiar to you? It sounds vaguely familiar, yeah. I believe there was a club called the Boston Bean Eaters in vintage baseball, but I don't see much of them anymore. But somebody did make reference earlier to George's Island as there is an event out there. And there's a steal of second, straight steal. And that is the place that I have heard referred to as the best place for vintage baseball. Okay. That's going to bring up Silky. There's a high fly ball. Way too much time to think about that. Ellen's thinking. She's thinking. And it's going to bounce off of her. The runner at second is going to stay his second, but she stayed there. That was way too much time to think about it, though. Absolutely. That ball was <laughs> way up there in the sky. That's going to bring up Mustang. Runners on first and second, 1 out. The Grays are. Could probably use a double play here. There's a ball high overhead. The Grays do have uh, merchandise for sale right next to us, and they. They introduced a new shirt out into the world today, and my wife, I believe, bought one right away. I might have to sneak over there and get one myself. Uh, they have a cup over here on their their table. I do not know what the... Oh, the cup is... Uh, is that? I want to say it's their anniversary trophy that they have. Yeah. where did, They got that at Old Beth Page last year, I right? I believe so. There's they a curveball. I don't know high. if they got it there, but they, I believe they had it there with them as well. But they're all over uh, just swinging a miss. Oh, foul tick. Yeah, foul into the tick mid. that he held on to. Recorded and out there. Believe that makes two outs now for the Grays. Two outs, and that brings up Mr. Andale. Still got runners on first and second here. He's uh, swinging well today. Oh, uh, yeah, they, uh, uh, Providence Grays. Uh, they do it right. They're all over social media. They do a blog 
about everything that goes on with the club. They keep up the history. There's a, a fine history of the Providence Grays. Absolutely. You can look up on Wikipedia. If I you think wanna. it's safe to say they are my favorite club in vintage baseball. Everything that they do to promote the game and the way they play the game, and they play it so hard and so well every time they go out there. Ball high. Willing, willing to play any year? Absolutely. They just want to play. They want to win, but they want to play. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Mr. Travers is playing off first base, allowing Silky uh, quite a lead, but he doesn't have to worry about it so much. There's a another well-hit ball off the bat of Mr. Wow, and that thing is going to roll. Delay. It rolls down the hill. Center fielder is going to come over, yeah. finally get to Deep it. Ball left center. He's, uh, he's going to stay at second. He wanted third. He wanted third bad. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was looking at that triple there, but he was able to knock in two runs on that hit. That's something there, too, with ball hit that hard over the shortstop. That's nothing you can defend against. We have seen fine striking. F -f fine striking off the bats of Westfield and um, off their pitcher's hand of the hitters of Providence. A lot of striking of the ball, of people. They just they hit everything. They're just hitting everything. <laughs> hit everything that moves. So that brings up Gunner with uh, strike one, with the runner on second. There's a high fly ball back towards us. Catcher's going to come back. Not going to be able to get to that in time as that ground is very hard back here without a lot of grass on it. That ball's going to roll right underneath the juice junkie food truck out here. Right by the Canton corn shuckers that seem like they're here. Uh, there's three of us this weekend. It'll be an adventure. Well, no, I know of four of you. Kyle's here too. Yeah, we are we are running a bit thin this weekend. It's always interesting how that works when you get twelve guys at the world tournament the week before and then you play the week after and is, you got seven. Is yeah. interesting the word for that? Or repetitive the word for that. Yeah, yeah. There's a high. Uh, gunner a bit short in stature. So strike zone. It's gonna be a little bit smaller. Swing and a miss. All kind of skipped in there on that one. Vintage baseball in Michigan shuts down after the Worlds. A little bit, yeah. And it's really interesting how that happens, huh? Uh, is it interesting? Because that's the thing is the, the World Tournament isn't the end of the season. It's not the World Series. It There's is a line drive into left field. It's a tournament. It's a base hit by Gunner. And if I'm being completely... Take a second. Nobody's paying attention. <laughs> definitely smart heads-up base running there. But I'm actually going to go out on a whim here and say that uh, the competition that we're facing this weekend is stronger than what we saw last weekend at the World Tournament. That's a bold statement. I think it's a true statement as well. I will tell you that this is the first time I've ever seen Westfield, and they looked, they look real good. Yeah, I wish. I would tell you that the gentlemen that are north of 40 on Westfield look real good. Like, absolutely. I mean. <laughs> Well, I mean, you look at some of the teams that are here this weekend. You got the Providence Grays. You know, they got a club from Hartford, Connecticut. I don't know if they've lost a game yet this season. That's think, what they say. I think the last time I saw, they were twenty zero and one. 
maybe a, maybe a tie game, I assume, would be that one at the end. Uh, you're looking at the Bovina Dairymen, who just beat up on Flat Rock, who are the world champions. They beat up on them at uh, Gettysburg, 9-1. to one. Whoa. So I think it's, it's definitely up for debate that the clubs out here at Rocky Point this weekend are, in fact, stronger than the 12 clubs that were at the world tournament last weekend. What would you say those clubs, and you might not know the answer to this, but what would you say the year is the strength of these clubs out here? What, like the, the rule set. What year rule set would you say is the strength? Out here? Yeah, um, for them. That's a great question. I, I think because there's so many teams out here that play different rule sets, where it's like you're looking at the world tournament, and the majority of those clubs all season play 1867. You know, there's a few teams that don't. Um, you know, there's a couple clubs from Ohio. Uh, I'm not sure what the Oregon Ganymedes typically play. They might be a, I want to see there, maybe 1860 at their home field. Oh, but, that uh, ball gets by the catcher, and that's going to roll for days. That's going to score a run. I think they're calling that out of play as it hit the parking lot, and the runners just get the base they're going to. But I think out, out here there's a much uh, wider variety of year sets. I mean, these clubs are both playing the 1884 game here really well. And uh, you look at the clubs at the World Tournament, and Aside from my club, the Corn Chuckers, I don't know if any of those clubs have ever played an overhand game. I don't think so. So it's like they're familiar with 64 and 67, but outside of that. So I think uh, if any of these clubs were to play at the World Tournament, it might be a little bit of a challenge as they have the restricted stealing. And it's, uh, I think that would probably be the biggest difference. But most of these clubs out here are used to playing a fly game, whether it's overhand or 67. or I mean, there's even some 1870 being played out here this weekend. I do believe I saw some posts of the Rising Sun, the club from Maryland that played at Worlds last weekend. And they made reference to the biggest adjustment being the stealing part Yes, of the game. Yeah, so. having the restricted stealing definitely changes the game a lot. I mean, you look at our game versus uh, Flat Rock in the championship, and I don't even know if there was a single clean stolen base, maybe a pass ball or something. Short order down the left field line. It beats the left fielder. If it's fair, it is. He's going to continue to run. Well hit ball by short order. It's going to score a run and going to be a double. I think it might have landed right on the line. It was a great hit to left field, and it just kind of started tailing away, and the wind kind of picked it up, but it's able to stay fair. Two outs, four runs in as uh, Kushner. Kushner, Kushner, left field, or left hitting batter, striking lefty, lefty. As the game has progressed, too, you've started seeing some of the guys uh, pull the ball a little bit more. There's kind of a lot of opposite fields in the first uh, couple innings, opposite field hits, and now it seems like they're catching up to the speed of the pitching, or maybe the pitching's slowing down as the game's gone on. And there's a grounder to shortstop. Shortstop up with it. Throw over to first. Mr. Travers collects for the third out. Was that a third base coach over there? I believe it is, yeah. Four runs in for Westfield, taking an 11-3 lead as we go to the top of the fifth. Are they doing uh, time limits? That is a great question. I think they might. I should ask a captain of a team playing here this weekend. You should not. One of the teams is visiting from the (laughs) farthest away. Well, all I know is they're still playing. So big country goes back onto the the pitcher's area. And uh, 
Grays are going to lead off here with Mr. Travers. Uh, is it a nine to three score right now, or uh, it might be 11? 11, 11 to, three. to three. I believe Mr. Albertson of the Philadelphia Club just passed in front of us. He's responsible for the cigar smoke. Go back in the archives for about a dozen people within our view right now for their inter- for their interviews. Yeah. You, Brian Travers, Gunner, the captain of Westfield, has a has a episode. Uh, who else? Helen has an episode from the Grays. Uh, Mr. Albertson of the Athletics that just walked by. There's a Mr. Travers hits a screaming line drive into center field for a base hit. We were just asking ourselves that, sir. <laughs> I think the next game is supposed to begin around 11 o'clock, but I'm not sure if those are hard time limits or you're just going to play your nine innings and then pick up, uh, have to start right after this one ends. Uh, yeah, I just got a text message from Rudy Frias telling me it's baseball day. I hope all the work he puts in today pays off for us. Uh, there's a line drive down the third base line. He's playing baseball today? Nope. Oh. There's, he's referring to this. There's a bit. So that's a, a base hit by Mike Duggan into left field. A good start here for the Grays with two runners on here. No outs. Two well hit balls as Jay Gilday, another guy who's got an episode, uh, comes up. Maybe one of those things where now they're not afraid of being hit by the pitcher anymore, that they're starting to swing the bats a little better. Oh, there's Johnny. He has an episode. That was right. It was about 12 within my purview. You're always out here scouting for future matches for Canton. I'm always out here scouting for future interviews. There's a fly ball into center field. Center fielder has to come in a little bit. And it's going to be down. The... Good base running by Mike Duggan as he had a good eye on that and ran three quarters of the way to second base. And it's a tricky play too because that ball got up pretty high. I thought it was going to carry a little bit yeah. more, and uh, but he had a better viewpoint. Base is loaded. You definitely are getting a bit of a breeze out here, so the wind is it's definitely messing with the ball a little bit, and it'll just pick up randomly. Banquets up here. Base is loaded. No outs. Good chance for the Grays to. Start chipping back away as Big Country. I'll tell you what, Big Country's pitched. Watch, watch this. This guy's pitched before. Oh yeah. Just the way he slings, he brings that elbow around and is like a slingshot to home plate. This is a guy who's pitched in some sort of organized ball. Back when he was small country, he was a pitcher. I'm telling you. There's a light line drive back to the pitcher. It's going to get past him, but he's going to pick it up for the out at first. All runners will advance, and the run does score on the play. And uh, as you noted, Kai is in the game now, taking over for Johnny. 
There's a foul ball down the third baseline. So is that just a clean substitution there? One guy out, one guy in? Yeah, we we knew that was happening uh, when they did the lineup. Okay. That's the way the lineup was uh, introduced to me. Is that they don't tell me they don't have a. Is a long fly ball down the third baseline. Third baseman's going to go over and, and does collect the ball. Nice catch over there. It's a little bit of a downhill slope. Doesn't look like the ground's that even, but he was able to bring that ball in. Second to third, two outs, one run in. Uh, as I said, they do the lineup. I don't. They probably know when the change is going to get made, but they know ahead of time the change is going to get made. So right now, Helen has been replaced by Grandpa, the originator of the Providence Grays reincarnation, I believe. And I only know that because that's what the lineup said it was going to be, and it appears to be the Good case. To know. Good to know. As Tony is up, a couple of. Duckies on the pond. Big country looks like everything's coming in at a decent speed. And there's a bat on the ball to the first baseman. It's going to get foul away from him. One of the Grays instinctively went after it. He was not involved in that play. And then there's a fly ball into center field. Center fielder, uh, shortstop goes out into short center field to make the play. It's going to be the third out for the Grays. They did get one across, making the score 11 to 4 as we go to the bottom of the fifth. And these overhand games do take a little bit more time than uh, 1864 and 1867 games. Although as many pitches are being taken as there are in 1867. Maybe not even as many. Yeah, I wouldn't even say as many. Calling balls and strikes here. 1867. What would you say averages in that bat in 1867? In important matches. In uh, actual 1867, I'm completely unsure. In today's <laughs> recreation, I would probably say 10 to 12 pitches. It's insane. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. It is. Way too much. As uh, we see some Elizabeth Resolutes making their way around the area. A couple of different uniform. We're getting a pitching oh. change here for the Grays. Oh, here he is, uh, the left-handed hurler Kai, uh, the gentleman I saw at Old Beth Page last year, has made his way to the pitching area. That wind seems to have died down in this area, but the flags would say no, it hasn't. And the flags uh, are going in opposite directions. Yeah, and the foul lines are going opposite <laughs> ways. They're both blowing away from the field and on first base and third base. Look at that view out to the left. How do you, what the, 
How do you forget that? You can't. That's amazing. And I know I say it a lot. Here comes big country. He does not have the body of a leadoff hitter. I suspect I'm going to talk to big country about his pitching in his past. He just whipped the elbow around too much. It seems like there's technique there. Very well could be. Five. You're all right. <laughs> Five corn shuckers is enough, right? Five corn shuckers is, is enough. Whenever I was on Bay City, we only had eight guys. Tom LaRue would always tell us, eight's enough. Let's go play. I would agree with that statement, although we did try that against Bay City earlier this year, and it didn't go that well. Well, you got to know how to play against eight. Big country. Grounder to short. Big hop for the shortstop. Duggan's going to throw over to Travers at first to record the out. This, uh, this ground does not look like it gives very good bounces or forgiving bounces or Sunday hops. Not does not all. look like it's good for that, but it did on that one. Especially right in front of our table here. We got a nice little patch of dirt and a few rocks mixed in. Uh, field looks a little better than that, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few rocks out there that could give it a interesting hop. Ah, dirt. I'm going to go rub something with it. That's what you do with dirt. Sure. Rub some dirt on it. It's lefty against lefty. There are a lot of lefties in the bottom of Westfield's lineup. This, this might have been done on purpose. A little baseball strategy. Because that's what you do. There's some sort of tower out there down the left field line. There's a grounder down the third baseline foul. That must have been part of this whole this whole thing that's going on. Kind of looks like a ski lift, but it was. I'm remembering uh, my research correctly. This amusement park closed in 1995. Oh my God, that's not that long ago. Not uh, all that long ago, but I believe it did start in the 18. Grounder to Travers at first through the wickets to the second baseman and throw over to second is going to come over into the fans, and he's going to take uh, lefty's going to take his second. A very slow developing play, and that might have been the issue. That's going to bring up gas. Tell you, you're a lot better at baseball when you don't have to think about it. Very true. It's very a slow true. grounder or a very high fly ball. Too much, too much can go wrong. And that ball there just kind of snuck through the five hole over there at first, and the second baseman kind of rushed the throw when he got the ball. And I see a representative of the main ball club has made his way around here. Dorigo, Doringo, Dorigo. What's the pronunciation of that? Ball gets by the catcher. I think it might just be Dorigo. Dorigo. I don't think there's an N in it. Well. I could also be very wrong. Runner gets his third off the pass ball by the catcher. 
Kai had some steam on that pitch. And it was low, so it got by the catcher. Dorigo. Dorigo or Dorigo? Sure. There's a a very... uh, So Lefty, who we have seen take bases today, is going to score on this miss throw over to third base on a pickoff attempt. He did not have a big leadoff. And for a left-handed pitcher to do the complete spin around to third is a hard play to do as that pitcher. It seems like an ill-advised thing to do at that point. It was a hard pickoff, too. He kind of whipped the ball over there. He just couldn't handle it. So one run in, one out. Gas up here. It's a high pitch. Nineteen ninety pop up to the parking lot. Uh, you said uh, this amusement park shut down nineteen ninety eight. I think five. Ninety five. And uh, so I assume there's actually very good pitchers out there of what it looked like around here. Probably. That would uh, that would also probably have something to do with the grass in certain areas. Very possible. A quick pitch there. I think it hit him. I caught him in the knee. We don't need that going on here. <laughs> I'm going to uh, leave. Uh, <laughs> I do have a game I should probably be loosening up for soon. I'm not sure if we have a time limit on this or if I still have four innings to get ready. Well, if they're not doing time limit. Everyone's going to fall way behind on time as there's a curveball. So we'll just keep you here until the last ounce made this inning. You can go. At least go suit up. Maybe I'll get back over here. Go get on with your life. There's a side delivery by Kai. It's going to be fouled into the parking lot. Oh, right, straight over us. Yep, and off another windshield. That one kind of spinning away and broke behind the juice junkie. Oh, we're going to see what's on that juice junkie menu. And there's a a curveball that sails way high. He knew it as soon as he threw it. As we see some of the Liberty Baseball Club members, there's another foul ball. And that was going to take three bounces before it catches the bottom of the car. Well, what can you do? See this coffee mug that my wife has there that says Boston on it. Yes. She likes to collect those from the different Starbucks that we go to. So ah. she was very disappointed that there isn't one for Salem. That is a little disappointment. How was your visit to Salem? Is it was that, something. Is that something that I should try and make happen this weekend? Or, eh. Well, I was talking to Kyle about it and he said that you were thinking about wanting to go there on your way back. It's not on your way back. No, it's not. <laughs> but we got some time on our way back. Uh... Yes. Okay. You can knock it out. You can knock it out in less than a day. Okay. There's not a lot. It's not that big as far as if you're talking about dealing with Salem witch trial history. Foul ball down the third base kind of line down the hill. Very foul. Good luck. Send some kid with young legs to get it. 
Uh, so you can definitely knock it out. You, they have. We took three tours, so we took a trolley tour, which was okay. You don't get on and off that trolley tour. You just stay on it, and they okay. drive you by a bunch of stuff. It did not deal specifically with the witch trial stuff. Okay. Uh, then we took a walking tour, which is what we su- I would suggest you do. The nighttime walking tour is fine, but if you take the daytime walking tour, yeah. you're going to hit all the stuff. You're okay. going to hit it all. Okay. Uh, there's a couple graveyards. There's a grounder to the third base line. The third base one is playing off the line, so this is going to be a uh, base hit. Yeah, stayed fair, too. A uh, couple of graveyards, a couple of buildings that still exist from back then. It's really the history and the stories you're looking for from uh, an experienced walking tour operator. Uh, it's a great place to walk around. You will enjoy the walk around place with all the cobblestone and brick in the middle. And I imagine the pokey stops. The, yeah, there's probably lots, lots of Pokemon out there. Got to be. Wow, but they have a lot of uh, horror shops and stuff like okay, that. Okay, yes. So you have that. They have a couple of museums. Uh, they actually have a horror character museum, swing and a miss, that we were going to go into, but we just didn't have that kind of time. As dude is up right now. Uh, ball's going to get away from the catcher. And might have a play here. Able to take second. Well, this is Jersey Joe. So I don't know what happened to Gas eventually. He must be out, though. I don't know if he scored. Oh. Jersey Joe is up. Dude is on second. Gas was up, hitting a lot of foul balls. We did not see uh, the transition between, so we don't know exactly what happened. But if it was something significant, I feel like we would have saw it. Action happening, so I'm going to assume he's out. Probably a strikeout. Got it. Pitch outside there. And we'll be able to tell if an out is recorded. There's a strike. It was a a curveball that had Jersey Joe jumping out of the way. Not jumping so much, but really leaning out of the way as it came back over the plate for a strike. And here's Kai with a sidearm delivery. Jersey Joe foul ball. Into the bench. As we see a lot more of the corn shucker contingent making its way. Meal ticket and all four of his kids. He's got four kids? He's got four kids. Doesn't miss a game either. How many kids is he he going for? I think think uh, he's capped out here. Are you sure, though? Pass ball. I'm pretty sure. Dude makes his third on the pass ball. Jersey Joe still up. What we believe is two outs. There's a slow one right down the middle. That's a 
A strikeout, that's going to end yeah, the inning. Drop third strike, and uh, I think I'm going to head off here and start getting ready for my game. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for uh, spending time with me. We don't get enough time together. No, not nearly enough. <laughs> As Mike Feeney gets, uh, goes to get ready to warm up, probably takes him two minutes to warm up, but uh, it takes me two hours. Score, 12 to 4 at the end of 5, coming to the top of the 6th, Providence Grays. Looking at the time, it's 10.42. As uh, I'm going to take a picture of the current situation and send this to Mr. Rudy Frias, who is at home. As we get ready here, top of the sixth, John Henson up here for the Grays. You can look for a John Henson interview to come soon. I just have to talk to him about it. He doesn't know about it, but I'm going to ask him. There's a ball off the plate. Don't forget, we're going up to six balls in, uh, in this match. Grounder to third. Third baseman up with it clean. Throw over to first base. Short hopping the first baseman. So the first baseman is unable to come up with the play. That's Jersey Joe over at first. So Mr. Henson makes his first, and that's going to bring up Grandpa. I believe Grandpa, if I remember my Providence Gray's history, is the gentleman that uh, start, started the reincarnation and has been with the team since the beginning. He has a pop-up to the third baseman, down with the foul ball, the third baseman cannot get to it. So seeing a lot of the Liberty gentlemen uh, now in the area. Oh, that must be the Connecticut. Uh, that might be Connecticut. As I'm not familiar with what team from Connecticut is playing next, I just know they are against Canton. As there's Grandpa with a shot down the left field line, that's going to be a foul. Providence has a lot of uh, merch available. They have a lot. They have pennants and buttons and pins and shirts and wooden nickels and I see a bandana here on this dog. They're well represented by the merch. There's a grounder to the first baseman. First baseman's going to get up with it. Step on first to record the out. Mr. Henson's going to make a second. That's going to go back up to the top of the lineup for Dave. Uh, Dave, left-handed hitter. 
two for three on the day. As I hope that the generator for the food truck that's behind us is not getting picked up a lot on the microphone. Uh, I was able to turn off my second microphone because Mr. Feeney had to get going. So hopefully that did dampen that on whatever the auto zone. Dave reaches out and touches one, and it hits to the shortstop, and they're going to get the tag at third. Not a force, uh, but a tag at third with Dave making his first. going to bring up Mr. Travers after a steal of second. Oh, no, we have a, a substitution for Mr. Travers, and I am not familiar with this gentleman's name. As there's a steal attempt of third, a slide hard into third. The ball was not held by the third baseman. So Dave, Dave two stolen bases, showing off the speed. As this, uh, this gentleman is up taking over for Mr. Travers. There's a high pop-up over here. It's going to hit into the parking lot. It's going to bounce and hit a car. Not my car, so it didn't matter. John, what's this gentleman's name that's uh, batting? Is He's batting for Brian, right? Yeah, that's Gil Faria, the legendary Gil Faria, G-I-L-F-A-R-I-N. He's one of the original Grays players. So Gil Faria, one of the original Grays, has taken over for Brian Travers. There's a pickoff attempt at third. The third baseman did pretend that he did not come up with that ball and start running. Uh, but the but the runner, Dave, did not fall for that. Gil Feria, uh, one of the original Grays, as I was just told, is now in. And his hat looks like he's one of the original Grays because that is an old hat. He must have shown up late because I do not remember seeing this face uh, earlier. Big Country still on the mound. Big lead. Big lead by Dave off of third base. There's a pass ball, but it goes into the screen. That is up as a big, big wind gust. Just came and blew all of my stickers all over the place. As wind has caused havoc here as the tent, <laughs> the tent that I was under has just left. As uh, I did not see what happened on the play. <laughs> I did not see the play that happened. <laughs> the tent that I was under.
just flew into the parking lot. I'm still sitting here. I'm exposed. Uh, that was kind of trippy. As I'm going to just keep talking, as uh, the wind all of a sudden died. It just was one big breeze that came and just took everything away. I'm still recording. Everything's still going well. Uh, everybody uh, that's attending today gets a free Roller Around the Barrel podcast sticker as they're all over the parking lot now. Good for you. They were free anyway. But now you don't even have to come over to the table to get them. Pick them up off your car or off the parking lot. We will be here forever as those some of those stickers will make their way into the forest. And they'll always be a piece of me here. Providence did not bring a run across that inning as we go to the bottom of the sixth. It is 12 to 4. We are at 10.51, so I do not know what we're doing for time limit or anything, but I would assume with set times for matches uh, that they this could very well be the last at-bats of this match. To keep everything on time. We'll see. I don't remember. I think at Old Beth Page they did keep everything on time uh, nicely. So I would expect the same same thing happening here. Kai still still pitching now for the Grays. And the thrill. The thrill is up. I asked when I was putting these lineups together, is the the... Is the word the important in this nickname? Because it could just be thrill. Here's thrill. But it's, no, the the was told to me it's very important, so it's the thrill. And there's coming back to me. As there is a, a play made in front of me, I had my hand out. I was going to make that play. It was going to bounce. Okay. I'll probably move over between matches. Don't want the sun. And there's a grounder to third base. Mr. Henson lets it go for the shortstop. Shortstop throws over to first as they collect the out on the thrill. Yes, the tent never came back. The tent is gone. I have no idea what happened to it. But uh, so we're going to be moving over into another tent uh, shortly. <laughs> that was crazy. Here we go. Silky top of the order for Westfield. High fly ball to right field. Looks like it could be going foul. And it was. First baseman unable to get to it. Silky back in there. 
Kai sets, comes. There's a ball hit into the ground on the third baseline. It's a fair ball. Third baseman's up with it. He's going to try to make the long throw, but Silky was already there. Base hit for Silky, four for four on the day. Three runs scored. I don't keep track of RBIs. It's going to bring a Mustang here for Westfield. Bottom of the sixth, 12 to four. Pickoff attempt, not in time over at first. Ball outside. Oh, here's a another tent. What happened to the old tent? It never came back. <laughs> oh, it broke. Well, so it looks like somebody is saving the day with another tent, as the sun is really beating down on the equipment right now. So as they put up a tent, I will try to uh, call the game best. There's a, a small pickoff attempt over at first base, but Silky gets back without a problem. As I said, Mustang is up. Kai with the delivery. Comes a little three quarters. He's going to make it to second on a pass ball by the catcher. Let's see if he tries to make his third. He is not. as there's about six people putting this tent together, uh, which I highly appreciate in front of me right now, as the scene of Wizard of Oz played out just a little while ago. Here we go, Kai with the set, throw to first. It's gonna be a ball outside. As I see, uh, Chris Moran, another guy who I've interviewed. Uh, you go back in the, oh, and Jeff Kornhaus. Go back in the uh, archives for those. Here comes tent number two. And, uh, you want to put this down a little bit too and leave the back for you know, so that's kind of what I do. There's a foul ball straight back into the parking lot. All right, you want to move it forward or what? That one went in between cars. Uh, our car count's currently at five, I believe. And I trust you, you just want to get them in the shade, that's all. And here's a rock. That's a pet rock. Do you remember when pet rocks were famous? Thank you. I appreciate it. As we have a walk that just happened, Mustang's going to take his first. Silky's going to take his second on a walk with one out. That's going to bring up Mr. Andale, who's had some fantastic swings today. I mean, it's just line drive after line drive. Uh, the wind has died down a little bit, but those those breezes that took away the tent 
were crazy and they just came out of nowhere it was just like two or three first it blew my stickers then it blew the tent broke the tent low and away There's a foul ball back to the parking lot again. That rolled under a car. That doesn't count. Still five. As we are reaching the uh, reaching the two-hour mark now, Mr. Andale, back to the parking lot again. Oh no, it's fine. Oh, we're pretty strong. Take it nice. easy. Don't 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 guzzle. Don't shotgun this. Okay. You got your cooler around? Uh, no, but I'm not gonna need it. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Moran just came over and and uh, gave me a couple Fisher. Fisher's Island Lemonade. It's 9% alcohol. Let me tell you what. Mr. Andale hit a foul ball down the first baseline. Everyone's got to go back. 9%. So he reminded me to not mess around and guzzle it. I am kind of a lightweight. It's the only thing I'm lightweight about is my drinking now. Mm. Oh, jeez, that is good. Fisher's Island Lemonade, whiskey and vodka. There's a hit by Mr. Andale in the left field. Pass the left fielder as he went the other way with it. That's going to score a run. Mustang's going to take his third. It's going to be a double for Mr. Andale. Andre hitting the ball well. That brings up Gunner. And it looks like we're going to call this match right now. We're going to call this match. One one run came in for Westfield. 10. That's going to make it 13 to 4. Final score here as Westfield and Providence finish up their match here. First game here from Rocky Point. Uh, what a pleasure to call this match. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank the Providence Grays for having me out, for taking care of me by putting up a tent and a table and supplying a chair, a couple of chairs, and a second tent because one blew away like the Wizard of Oz, and uh, they're taking great care of me. So I appreciate the Grays, and I appreciate Mr. Moran for this lemonade that's highly toxic. And uh, they're doing the post-game uh, speeches now, Mr. Travers, uh, addressing Westfield and Providence, and that's going to do it for us. Uh, Thirteen to four is the final score. Hopefully, you listen to the next game, which in order is going to be Connecticut versus the Canton, Michigan Corn Shuckers. <laughs>